this is the uh, uh, Normal Friends podcast. It's a Super Friends podcast companion piece, and uh, today we're gonna be we're gonna be your companions. Uh, and uh, uh, we're assuming that you watched this episode with us. Yeah, and if you didn't, why why are you here? Yeah, you know why yeah, turn this off? Why why bother if you're not if you're not gonna put the work in? Then why why are we helping you? Okay, I honestly this is a companion, I, not a servant podcast. All right, I, I I think it's immoral because for you to listen to this podcast and hear all of the details of this episode without actually watching it yourself. You have no respect for spoilers. Frankly, no. it's theft. It's theft to listen to this without watching the episode. Yeah. And and you know, we'll sue for damages. We we will we will get that 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 money from you. It what, one one thing other. that one thing that everyone is well, it's well established about uh, this podcast and us is that we are litigious above all else. Oh. Yeah, some would say uh, recklessly so, but um, yeah, I wouldn't. I would say we are appropriately litigious, which is to say, very litigious. Extremely. Uh, so that all to say, we're glad you're here, and um, you're going to be a part of this really weird fucking episode of yeah. um, children's television in the seventies. Super Friends season one, episode fourteen, Gulliver's gigantic goof. Gulliver's gigantic goof. Now, when we hear the term Gulliver's gigantic goof, what do we think of a clown penis? <laughs> of course. We expect a guy to come out with a huge, huge clown penis like that maybe uh, is painted yeah. you know, and, and makes a honking noise. It's... It's uh, in has a maybe a curly red shape. wig on it. Yeah, um, it, and it sounds like, you know, th- this is some kind of a <sighs> deliverance. You know that that movie freaks, some kind of a nightmare alley type situation. Absolutely. What we what and and we assumed <laughs> that it was some kind <laughs> of that was the 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 challenge that. Super friends were going to try to face is some sexual predatory uh, uh, circus freaks. This we, was we thought not this was the... going to be an issues episode. Yeah, this was not the case. Uh, Gulliver's gigantic goof is something entirely <laughs> different. And uh, if you like Michael, I'll give an attempt at uh, at uh, breaking breaking down the. Uh, what happens in this episode from a 200,000 feet. Please, please go ahead. All right. This old ep starts off with Earth's first mission to Mars. Uh, We are, you know, this was something they thought was going to happen in the 70s. And only now, with Elon Musk's help, are we closer. Look, Um, the, the thing the space program had been missing all this time is inherited money from an apartheid emerald mind yeah emerald and mind. cars and, and cars, cars that catch fire yeah so uh at the united states space program whatever it was it wasn't nasa they are no. prepping to go into space but guess what what's the natural enemy of the space shuttle a hot air balloon comes over yep. and broadcasts some kind of signal from some speakers well, this signal shrinks everyone in the area like like you like like you do. Like you do. So they um they're investigating, they're figuring out what uh what's going on and um right off the bat we learn there's a gentleman named Hiram Gulliver who wants to shrink everyone because he thinks that's the only way to to save mankind, uh, we're eating too much food. We're breathing too much oxygen, too much air. Overcrowding beaches. We're overcrowding beaches, and we got to shrink us. Um, this is di- directly um, copied in the movie Downsizing, starring <clears throat> Matt Damon. We'll yeah. talk about that later. 
So, uh, he realized that the super friends are going to uh, get in his way. He devises a plan to kidnap each super friend and make them small. And uh, eventually, uh, he, he successfully does that. And the only person to be able to help them out is the classic character that has been here all <laughs> along the Green Arrow. Uh, Green Arrow, even in his shrunken form, is able to infiltrate uh, Hiram's uh, lair, free the super friends. They figure out a way to reverse this ray. They get big, and uh, we're assuming Hiram Gulliver sees justice, and uh, then we get probably the most unsettling end to me. That, yeah. that we've had so far. Yeah. Uh, yep. Am I missing anything from the overview? Uh, no, you got you got the broad strokes just right. <clears throat> so, going going more detailed from the beginning here. We we have this launch. Every everyone's watching. Everyone is thrilled with the first. Uh, manned mission to Mars. Even the Super Friends are, are watching on their big screen. A notable exception to uh, paying attention to this is Marvin, who interrupts what should be one of the most momentous occasions in human history with some stilt bullshit. He's walking in on stilts talking about how he's going to improve his basketball team by cheating with stilts. Now, yeah, I, one, I don't think that, I think he's not going to get away with that. You wear shorts with basketball. You're going to see those stilts. And two, Nothing in Marvin's history shows that he has anywhere near the coordination necessary to use stilts. Yeah. Um, also, I, I don't think he's actually on a basketball team. He, he, I don't think he's on a basketball team. No. Um, unless the basketball team is literally something that you just write your name down and you're on a basketball team. Do you think maybe... His largely absent mom felt bad, and so she hired some people to pretend to be his basketball team. Yeah, and and I, I think this. I, I so perhaps, but we know at the end that he is in fact. I think the basketball team is real. I just think they're all as pathetic as he is. Oof. Yeah. Man, that's that is a dire thought. <laughs> so so they chastise him for the suggestion rightfully so. Yeah. Also, I, I you know what, I've never seen the launch of a of a mission to Mars seeing as 50 years after this that hasn't happened yet. Uh the countdown seems very long. He starts at like 90. Yeah, it was a long countdown. Also, you know, I understand um, living in the city where NASA is, how we like to imagine that their voices sound country and hillbilly-like or redneck-like. Sure. But they were really laying it on, yeah, on they in really this, were. making them sound like complete yokels at the space program. Space program. NASA apparently is a trademarked government agency. <clears throat> yeah. So while this countdown is happening, uh, doc, uh, Dr. Gulliver, as voiced by Casey Kasem doing his best Peter Laurie impression. I, I If that is his best Peter Laurie, then I don't... I. I assume that was his worst Peter Laurie. Fair, I, I, fair. It I is thought, at least a Peter Laurie impression, whether or not it's his best. My, my assumption, um, which Peter Laurie played Igor, right? 
Maybe? I think so. Yeah. So, this whole thing where people are saying Igor with a Peter Lorre impression doesn't make sense. That's his character. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, uh, I will, listeners, if someone can check on that uh, to make sure that I don't... So, well, I can look it up. But Either why? way, it is an atrociously bad Peter Lorre impression. Yeah. And I think it was intentional. I think he... Casey Kasem, being the foremost voice actor at that time, probably had a really good one, and they said, hey, Case, we got to make this much worse, and this is what he came up with, I yeah. think. I, I think what it is is, look, we, we, we're we banking on the fact that people recognize that this is Casey Kasem's voice. If you do too good a job masking that, then uh, people aren't going to tune in. They need all Kasem all the time. Um, I need to clarify something. Um, Peter Lorre never actually played Igor in, in Frankenstein. This is this is a bombshell. Uh, this is just an association that happened. Apparently, uh, let's see. There's he there's resemblance between him and the person that did play him, uh, but he did not. And, um, yeah, I, this is one of the rare moments that the Normal Friends podcast needs to issue a legal apology. This is a scandal. This is a huge scandal. Honestly, you know, legally, you are probably entitled, listeners, you're entitled to compensation. There, there, there's a strong possibility that uh, we don't survive this. We, I, I don't know if we can weather this kind of heat. Um, I, you know, I'm sure there will be a trial, but outside of that, if yeah. you want to send me a a envelope with a self addressed return envelope, I will personally put a uh, dollar. In, in each one to show that when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Peter Lorre never played, never played Igor. It's just somehow got connected to him. The Normal Friends podcast owns its mistakes. Yeah. Um, but you know who doesn't own his mistakes is Dr. Hiram. He's a Jewish man, too. Dr. Hiram. <laughs> um, Hiram uh, Gulliver. Hiram Gulliver, which so uh, I, I don't know what his background is because uh, he, I, I believe he's uh, a, a British. His his accent background. is Eastern European. His name is as uh, Judaism, right? Is well, Hiram is probably well. Hiram anywhere. is a is a <laughs> is a biblical name, but I always associate it with uh, like people in westerns and stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, I apologize to Jewish people. Um, and his, uh, uh, how many times a day do I have to do that? And then his, uh, and then his, his uh, ancestral home is from England. Uh, yeah. He establishes that he uh, had it flown in. So once we don't again, know where we have a from. villain uh, who has unlimited resources of uh, mysterious. Providence. We have no idea how or why he is rich enough to move an entire castle across an ocean. Yeah. He must have inherited something. He's an inventor. Yeah. He invented something. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Gulliver shrinks everyone at the launch. And the, uh, the trouble alert goes up and Colonel Wilcox... Who, if you'll recall from the last episode, looked totally different, is now back to his classic look. Which Colonel Wilcox wants the Super Friends to investigate. But the fact that his his look changed so much in a single episode, do you think he was going through something? Like he was like, Hey, I need to dye my hair. I I feel like I am I've lost touch with my youth. I need to was it like a midlife crisis kind of thing? You think? Yeah, and it's over now. He patched things up. Yeah, he's 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 embraced 
the autumn of his years. He's given up. Yeah. Yeah. He he knows that death is 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 closer than he wants it to be. It's coming for him. Uh, so the super friends arrive at the launch site and everyone's missing. The launch tower is about to fall over. Wonder Woman saves it. Uh, the, the rocket almost blows up. Superman carries it into space and in the, the sort of capsule where the astronauts are supposed to be, Batman and Aquaman open it to find what they, they keep saying two inches tall, but it looks like everyone's closer to like five or six inches tall. Right. So, yeah, they this is their first encounter with shrunken people. Uh, and once they once they make this discovery, we see Doctor Gulliver again talking to his cat Igor, and this is where we learn that his plan is to shrink every adult in the world, which is weird. It was super weird. He hints that it's an economic thing, but he doesn't go into too much detail. Uh, also, I, if you're shrinking I guess, every adult in the world, then children become very dangerous. Yeah, and I guess the you know he he says the logic is that he wants everyone to look up to him. That that's another justification that he gives. Um, but uh, it doesn't. It doesn't check out because a child may be small, but they don't eat um, grams of food. Yeah, it it's you would still need to shrink children. It's not that they are miniature; they're just young. Well, and also, if if the if the raid doesn't work on children. What happens when already shrunken people have kids? Do, do, like, they grow to normal human size and make the mother explode? Yes. What, what? And, and yeah. also, the children will just grow up and have normal adults. So this was not something that he thought out. No, no. I... Despite his nor ability anyone... to shrink people, Doctor Gulliver is an idiot. Yeah, nor anyone in the um, which that it uh they they rely heavily on the idea that there are inventors in this world who are so smart and brilliant that they can create devices that defy our world's uh laws, the yeah. laws of physics. Uh, and yet are so uh, stupid that they cannot predict even the most obvious of problems with their plan. That's uh, that's what's crippling about being smart. <coughs> yeah, yeah. So smart, you're stupid is kind of, I think, the idea here. Yeah. So <clears throat> he starts doing more shrinking. Uh, it looks like he shrinks the entire the entirety of Harbor City. And all sorts of vehicles go out of control. A plane uh, starts to crash. A, a submarine gets trapped. And there is a subway collision that almost happens. That Wonder Woman stops. And I have two questions about this. One, why were two trains on the same track headed toward each other anyway even without the shrunken uh train engineers that's uh, bad i think i wonder if the classic villains that we associate with these heroes are already doing evil and these ones that we're seeing are just on top. These are just extra. I see. Extra I ones. see. So, like, the Legion of Doom is pulling the strings <coughs> to put trains on collision courses and the like. Yeah. And then that they're makes just. Makes sense. 
And they're just having to deal with Dr. Goof's gigantic dick or whatever. <laughs> Dr. Goof's gigantic wang. Uh... Does Wonder Woman use telekinesis to stop those trains? Because it sure looked like something yeah. was like... Yeah, she does. She's a well-known psychic in this in this series. Her powers are whatever the story needs them to be. <laughs> they are off the wall. Uh, but yeah, the Super Friends save the day there. Uh, then we meet the scientist who is studying what is going on. Was his name Dr... Curum, like Dr. Cure, apostrophe E-M. That sounds likely. Um, even though he cures nothing. his He he contributes almost nothing to uh, stopping Gulliver's plan. No, it, um, it ends up just being the Justice League figuring it out. Yeah. They literally come up. It actually ends up being Marvin that yeah, comes up with the solution. Yeah, which is... Shocking. It's un- that's unsettling. Um, but yeah, Dr. Kiram's main thing is to reiterate that the raid does not affect animals or children. And this is the first time people think to link the balloon with the shrinking. Uh, it would have been the first thing I looked at because hot air balloons don't tend to show up at uh, spacecraft launches, I don't think. <laughs> but the, the astronaut was like, well, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was a, a publicity hot air stunt. Balloon. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Batman um, and Robin go to investigate that, and they get shrunk, which brings back a point we uh, talked about in our first episode, I believe. Um, when you pointed out that a friend of ours from high school thought that Robin was just a small man. The shrink ray works on him, and we've just learned that the shrink ray does not work on children. Ergo, maybe Robin is just a small man. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what is the age cutoff between him and Wendy? We don't know. Yeah. They won't say. uh, Yeah, I, I I think Robin might be, you know, 50 years old. I can't, I can't disagree with that logic. Is that, that was justification for why, um, Wendy and Marvin, nothing happened to them? Yeah, I believe so. And Wonder Dog. Um, I really enjoy after, after Gulliver shrinks them, um, and, uh, Robin says, you can't just go around shrinking people. I, it felt like he didn't need to say that. That was a dumb, I I don't think, I don't think you're going to reason with someone who's flying a hot air balloon around shrinking people with sound. Yeah. Pointing it out, I don't think it's going to do anything. They're not going to go, oh, don't do this. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, I, I thought it was cool. Um, I wasn't thinking. Yeah. You've shown me otherwise. I will stop. Um, Gulliver says he believes he's saving the world by shrinking everyone. Uh, And so at this point, he goes uh, on his quest to shrink the rest of the Justice League. So first, he, he lures Superman to uh, a Gotham area snow-covered mountain. Because Superman is searching Gotham for Batman and Robin. He sees the bat signal and ends up at what looks like an alpine ski chalet. Now, I need to need to clarify. He sees what's known as a reverse bat signal. Yeah, a daytime bat signal. A daytime bat signal. Which casts a shadow on the sun? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, how does a daytime bat... How does he do? How does that happen? How does how do you project darkness in the lit sky? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it Full. doesn't. I I mean, I've always wondered even how the regular bat signal works on a clear night. Yeah. Um. 
There's no clear nights in Gotham. That's true. It's always Michael. cloudy. It's fair. So it's always dark. Uh, this is a trap. Gulliver shrinks Superman. Um, and Superman almost gets away, but Igor the cat does the most impressive thing in the whole episode. He makes and throws a snowball. Cat doesn't have thumbs. Able to make and throw yeah. the most perfect looking snowball I've ever seen. Madness. Uh, so Gulliver traps him. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and uh, Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog are wondering where Batman, Robin, and Superman are. The trouble alert goes off. And Aquaman, uh, presumably in a dry spell, says, Some action! At last! Yeah, that's the that was weird because it's like people are in danger. Yeah, like this is just is this just your fucking thrill ride? Yeah, your, it, uh, did you get off on this? Yeah, I think so. I think this is this is Aquaman's kink. This is, and I don't this mean to your... kink shame, but you know you shouldn't take take pleasure in other people being in danger. Yeah, but at a certain point, he has to, because what else does he have? It's true. Nothing. Just just a bunch of sea creatures who, uh, you know, do what he says because he's their king, but I don't, I don't think any of them like him. No. So he's lonely. Um, he Aquaman leaves to save a boat from a whirlpool, and he's riding a jet ski? Aquaman's whole thing is that he, you know, can he <laughs> swims like it's nothing, and he has a jet ski. Doesn't make any I sense. I, I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> yeah. He rides a jet ski uh, into what we learn pretty quickly is another trap, and Gulliver shrinks him. Uh he does not shrink the, the the jet ski, so the jet ski is just sort of left in the middle of the ocean. The uh, I mean, all the traps are pretty much uh, predictable. Uh, yeah, the one that is the most unsettling to me was Wonder Woman's trap. <laughs> the, Can we talk about that. Yeah, the cat in the basket. So Wonder Woman receives a gift from a secret admirer, which is a cat. Uh, this cat, of course, is Igor, the uh, the companion of Doctor Goof, Doctor um, Doctor Gulliver, Gulliver. Uh, but she receives this as though this is a normal thing. Uh, yeah. Is that back in the day you would just give a, a secret admirer, someone you don't know, might just give you a basket with a full grown uh, cat in it. And you would take yeah. it and be gracious. Yeah. Which to <laughs> me is absolute lunacy. What? <laughs> to my love, here is a responsibility you did not ask for. Love, a secret admirer. And honestly, I could I could partially I I could partially understand a kitten. Not that I think that that's good. I think that's bad because that's you shouldn't be giving people responsibility that they're not ready for or they didn't ask for. Yeah. And with a kitten, it's even sadder because, you know, they could be abused. But I understand the concept of it. A full-grown cat, that just seems crazy to me. Yeah. You just found a cat, put a cat in a basket, said, here, have a cat. Is does this cat have diseases that I need to worry about? Did you steal this cat from someone? Is someone going to come looking for it? There are too many questions when you just leave a full-grown cat outside someone's door. And the fact that I... she isn't that shocked that this has happened means it's happened before. <laughs> yeah, she has a stalker who sends her cats. And she's okay with it. Yeah. Um, 
This time, Igor shrinks Wonder Woman rather than Gulliver doing it. He has and a handheld so, version of this of this beam. What? He has a like a handheld version yeah. of this machine. Yeah. Well, and the, uh, currently that's the only one at this point in the episode. That's the only version he has because Batman and Robin uh, broke the balloon version. They tore it up from the inside. Tore it up from the inside. And just like uh, tore it up from the inside, just like uh, what happens when just you like eat raw I chicken. Do. Oh yeah, tears you up from the inside. Uh, okay, so at this point, uh, now that all the super friends are captured, I wrote in my notes: "Shit, when do Marvin and Wonder Dog will have to save the day?" Um, happily, that's not the case. They actually end up being pretty useless. Um, we also learn here that Wonder Woman can control her lasso with her mind. She has all sorts of mental abilities that, uh, I didn't know she had. She's essentially Professor X. Yep. At this point. She, uh, whatever brain thing we need her to have, she has. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the lasso spells out was it like Vanderbilt Star Sapphire or something like that? Yeah. Which is a new element to the story that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh so we, we, have to we steal need a, a diamond. Th- we need a thing he needs to steal. And so they go, but they don't really help they they show up and gulliver walks in uh uses his gadgets to steal the star sapphire and shrink vanderbilt and his nazi uniformed guards and vanderbilt says to them you can't do this to me i'm a big man in this town he says it four times he says it so much it's like hey do you think the kids will get it like he he thinks of himself as a big man, but but he he's being shrunk. So we really need to hammer this hilarious joke home that he is no longer the big man he believes himself to be. And then, after he makes the joke three times in a row, Dr. Uh, Gulliver spells it out. He comes. Yeah, yeah. he says exactly what uh, what the joke is. Which always makes it funnier, so, you know. It's so important to spell out exactly not only what the joke is, but what you want people to take away from the joke. Yeah. Diagram it, if possible. That really brings it home. Yeah. Um, Again, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog uh, contribute nothing. They just hide behind a big chair. And then once once things die down there, they talk about getting other members of the Justice League to help. Uh, to this point, I did not know there were other members of this version of the Justice League. They to never talk knowledge, about them. To my knowledge, there has been only one additional superhero, and that was Flash. Oh, there's and also Plastic Man. You're correct. Plastic Man first, then Flash. But these uh, people have not, they, I think it was unclear whether or not they were members of the Justice League or simply other heroes in their general professional network. Yeah, that's what it seemed this like was to the me. Fir- this was the first time that they full on said, he is a member, which makes me wonder, are there different membership levels? Is there a reason why the Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Superman have to essentially live together? And the other ones, number one, don't even really need to pop in for meetings. Yeah. And number two, don't even... I mean, it just seems like they're contacted um, just ad hoc. 
Yeah. So I, it, that's got to be the wonder. level of that's that's the level of membership I think I would want. You don't have to live at the Hall of Justice League. You don't have to hang out with Wendy and Marvin all the time. I think. Sorry, I out my god. I think this goes back to something that uh, a, a theory that you have, which is we are specifically watching the the uh, trials, the the burden of these. Uh, how many? Five: Batman, Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Robin. Robin. Uh, they committed that something happened. Yeah. And they are tasked with being the primary caretakers of these children and a dog. And everyone else, Plastic Man, um, The Flash, Green Arrow, they were not a part of whatever crime was committed. And so they're, you know, yeah. they do not have to be a part of uh, this punishment. Uh, being, you know, yeah. And, and as such, they do not. Uh, they do not interact with these uh, with these children. So I, I think that that could be an answer. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I think I think that's right. So, um, the narrator describes Green Arrow as a staunch member of the Justice League. I don't know what it's that very means. Very staunch. I is he is he like a militant league member? Is that what it is? Staunch is I, I a think, weird way to describe membership. I, I think he's being sarcastic because he <laughs> knows that we've never seen him before. Yeah, yeah. Or, or do you think it was one of those things, hey, it's the 70s, we probably still have lead in our paint and in our gasoline. The kids watching this are too stupid to know that Green Arrow hasn't been here the whole time. Yeah. He's disparaging the viewers. Yeah. Um, Green Arrow goes to save some shrunk photographers from ants. And... Which I love this. I love this situation because I've never seen <coughs> people who are in need of rescue more condescending and demanding to a hero than they were. They were like basically bossing yeah. me around. Like, <laughs> you have to do this. Come on, Green Arrow, please. Your arrow's do this. too big now. You can't lift it. Yeah, give just give him some space. And in the course of this uh, rescue, um, Wendy and Marvin call him. He answers the radio. That makes him shrink. The ants come back, and he. He uses a coin at one point. And did you clock how he said the name of the first president? No. He said George oh, Washington. Washington, yeah, you're correct. Which I I think I, I, believe... I think I remember I remember like teachers saying saying it that way. I think I, there's I think a, regional a regional accent. Thing. I'm not sure what region, but like where they say "warsh." Listener, I, I've heard people say "warshing machine." Um, yeah. Listener, if you are a wrong person and your region is wrong and they say Washington wrong, leave a comment below. I, I want you to apologize in a comment um, yeah. about how you're saying that wrong. And you owe us you're all a bad an apology. Person. You're a bad person. Yeah. And, if you are one of the people that I sent a dollar to, uh, I need you to send that dollar right back, and and maybe add a few to that, because the right thing to you, do your, is to add. Your crime is yeah. unforgivable. Yeah, why would you say that? You can see clearly how it's spelled. Unbelievable. You should be ashamed of yourself. All right, so. Green Arrow is able to launch himself and the photographers to safety on an arrow. 
And then once he drops them off, uh, we see him flying an arrow with the propeller, um, which is, I suppose, pretty handy to have when you get shrunk down. Um, meanwhile, Gulliver uh, leaves the room where the Justice League are in jars because he needs to go work on his speech for after he takes over the world. And Superman comes up with this idea that he's going to send a message uh, by using his x-ray vision in a, quote, very special way to intermittently short out Gulliver's machine in order to communicate with Colonel Wilcox. The very special way was vague in a way that also made it seem like... Sexual? Yeah. It's like when people are very vague when they tell children how babies are made. Well, when a man and a woman love each other very much, they give each other a very special kind of hug. Um, I assume that's the same sort of thing with uh, the x-ray vision here. I think he... I think he eye-boned this machine. Yeah. Um, could this be... Or it also could be um, in the same idea of uh, the super... What is it? Superman 2? Where he throws his emblem and creates a weird uh, transparent uh, bond? Wait, say that again. In Superman 2, he peels the S off of his chest. Yeah, yeah, and, and he makes like, it's like a cellophane net thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there have been instances where people invent abilities for him, for Superman. Oh, oh yeah, uh, man, throughout the Silver Age, uh, like, like Wonder Woman on this show, his abilities were whatever the story needed them to be. Yeah. So, um, so sex revision you know, is. I think it could be a part of you know it's just implied. Oh, he's an alien, so he's doing something different. But yeah, uh, somehow this is being able to create disguised uh, mental waves is something he can do. Yeah. I beam mental waves is something he can do. Yeah. And luckily, Green Arrow speaks this language. Yeah, he recognizes it and they figure out that these are the coordinates to Gulliver's relocated castle lair. <clears throat> and Green Arrow leaves on his own and specifically leaves Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog behind. But as soon as he leaves, they're like, well, we're not staying here. We're going to go steal Wonder Woman's invisible plane to follow him. Um, so while they all go do those things, Gulliver decides that two inches is still too big. He's going to make people even smaller. Which, I don't... Two inches seems plenty small to me. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, at this point, he's just losing his mind. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he is, he has gone mad with power. Uh, and so while he is continuing his descent into, uh, Colonel Kurtz like insanity, uh, Green Arrow arrives and uses, he makes a boat out of newspaper to cross the moat and climbs the tower to get inside. Meanwhile, Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog are failing to make the invisible plane work. Um, Green Arrow frees the super friends. Wonder Woman uses the uh, aforementioned mental telepathy to summon the invisible plane. Uh, and... Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog believe that they have succeeded in doing this. But again, they haven't. They contribute nothing. No. They are completely and worthless in this episode. I want to point out that last 
episode, I believe, it seemed as though uh, Wonder Dog had next to nothing to do. In yeah. this, he had even less. Yeah. Except it, for one thing that we'll get to in a minute here, but yeah. Okay. But no, continue. No, I just... Uh, I think that maybe what happened is that they were doing some uh, testing. You know, they were doing some audience testing and saying, all right, who who likes Wonder Dog? And the uh, overwhelmingly people said no. They did yeah. not like Wonder Dog. And so they're rightfully scaling his content back, I think. I think, I think it is telling that after this episode... Wonder Dog, along with Wendy and Marvin, are only in two more episodes. And then they are, oh. they are lost to the ages. What, what, a wonderful, what a wonderful episode that's going to be. I know. I, the finale man, of... Uh, I really hope the end of season one, we, we see them kill them off. Yeah. I'm assuming they die. They must. As, as we've talked about... The um, their presence at the Justice League only makes sense if you put it in like a Make a Wish type context. Yeah. So I think I think they're already very ill. The question is, is it going to be an illness or one of the members of the Justice League that do it? I, if it's a member of the Justice League that kills them, my money's on Robin. Robin seems to hate them the most. Yeah. Because he's the closest to them. Yeah. So uh, I also I also want to point out in, in terms of uselessness, I just realized that in uh, and I don't know how if this has been the case from the beginning or if we've pointed this out, but in the opening, when everyone's showing their powers, Batman literally is just seen picking them up. <laughs> yeah, Batman. A, Batman I, I can provide transportation from a to b i i knew it was a trend in the in the episode itself i did not realize that it was set up right off the bat in the opening <laughs> and batman gives rides has a car <laughs> so the tiny super friends battle gulliver and igor they they managed to shrink gulliver uh, and it seems like he's about to see the light. He doesn't. He still thinks he was right to do this. And uh, Igor looks like he's going to cause trouble, but then Wonder Dog shows up, and we don't see Igor again after this. I think he Wonder killed, Dog kills killed him. that cat. Yeah, he attacks and kills the cat. That that That's his one contribution. He... Probably, you know, rips rips Igor's throat out. Which I think that this is an appropriate level of contribution for Wonder Dog. Yeah. I mean, th this is... I almost... He was the least uh, irritating part of this episode in that he was barely in it. Yeah. Look, why, why have a dog on your team if not to occasionally... Have him use his dog teeth to rip something to shreds. To attack, yeah. To he he's uh, an attack dog with a cape. Yeah. And you know he runs into a cat who works for the he, bad guy. He's gonna kill that cat. It just he he's, he's been a spending dog. so much time spending so much time trying to be Scooby Doo that. He is denying his more dog-like tendencies. Yeah, which is to attack, to run after a hot poodle, you know. Yeah, and when he does these things, I think he has more of a place. Yeah, yeah, he needs to embrace who he is and stop trying to be someone else. Yeah, he's Wonder Dog, a a heartless. Murdering animal. Soul, soulless being. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, the, the world sometimes needs 
a sharp a sharp set of teeth to uh, tear an evil cat to shreds. Mutilate mutilate a Siamese cat. <laughs> so Gulliver does not know how to unshrink everyone. He never thought he would reverse this process. So he's like, we're stuck like this. Then Marvin somehow figures out the solution, which God, that, that must make the super friends feel awful that this well-established dummy fixed a problem that they could not. Correct. And what he says was, he said, if I look at you in a, uh, a per- telescope, telescope yeah. then uh, you would be the opposite. And they decide, oh, if we put, uh, put radio waves or microwaves through a telescope, it'll reverse it. Yeah. And also, also like they, they switch some wires around in the machine to make it. Yeah, that'll do it. Work backward. I just also want to point out that um, the days of trying to include helpful facts seem long gone. Oh, yeah. They don't, they don't care about that at all anymore. At this point, it's just making up uh, silliness about microwaves. Yeah. So everyone goes back to normal. Um, Green Arrow has to go. But the country he was in was called Barnado, I believe. Yeah, it was it sounded like Burma, but it was Bermuda or something. Yeah, I thought it was Barnado, like which sounds like a great, a great wind themed drinking establishment. All right. Ooh, yeah. Uh, or, or like a game f- show that involves making drinks very quickly in a wind tunnel, which yeah, um, I I think we need to pitch to a network because that sounds like game show gold. Listeners, if you steal this idea, we will come down on you with the force of a thousand attorneys. Yeah, we're we're saying it right now, Barnado. That's our idea. What, whatever this, Barnado ends up being, it's ours. It's ours. This we own is, the word this Barnado. Podcast, this podcast is the trademark officially. That's and just to be that's sure, what we're saying right now, I'm going to print out a transcript of this and mail it to myself. Yeah, because I believe that's the other way to, to trademark things. That's what I'm going to do. And so, don't even think about touching Barnado. I I know it's tempting. This is yeah. this is lightning in a bottle. I get it, but it's our lightning in a bottle. So the um, much like the uh, the Justice League spent the majority of this episode in bottles. Uh, do you think this guy has um anything to him and Brainiac have anything to talk about? I, I would think so. I, I would I think I think Gulliver would be jealous of Brainiac because uh, Brainiac is able to uh, shrink everything. He's he can shrink whole cities. Gulliver can just shrink adult humans. So I think I think Brainiac would probably uh, make fun of Gulliver. The yeah, that's true. Nice shrink um, ray, Dick. That is exactly how. Uh... <laughs> He talks. It's, 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 yeah, I, I look. I I don't do a lot of impressions, but Brainiac is one of Brainiac, them. Brainiac, that's, that's it. That's what he sounds like. So the um, so one thing uh, he they um, they they confront uh, dot uh, what the fuck is his name? Goof, Goof. Gulliver, uh. And they seem kind of like just mildly annoyed that all this stuff was happening. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Superman does bring up that he will face a trial for his crimes. Yeah. Which, as we know, means he will be executed uh, for causing this disturbance. And it was interesting because, you know, when they brought up the ethic, the ethics of... Um, forcing uh people to do things once again this is 
something that the Justice League does every week is, uh, well, I mean, technically they're rescuing people from other people as well, but yeah. they act without impunity. Yeah, yeah, they they do whatever they want. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, can we talk about the finale, the, the, yes. the very ending moment yeah. of this? So, so Gulliver's handheld shrink ray is missing. And then Marvin finds it and Batman says, you know, hey, your team was losing all the time, but it's won its last five games and you were losing because your team was too short. And he's, you know, hinting that Marvin has been using the shrink ray, or now the growth ray, to to make his team taller to win at basketball. But no, that's not what happens. Would you would you like to tell the listener? Why? Wait a second. Hold on, because my understanding was that he so so what what he says is, um, oh no, it's just that f- from now on, or like the last couple of games, we've been playing girls. Yeah, that yeah, that's what. But at first, Batman is hinting that he thinks uh, Marvin has been using the the ray to make himself taller. To, he hasn't to, been. No, he hasn't been. They're just playing girls' teams. That's why it's such a hilarious joke because girls are bad at stuff. I thought I thought what they're saying, what he was saying, was he was lying, and he was saying that he, he actually did have the ray, but he was trying to make an an excuse, and the oh. excuse he came up with was that they were playing girls teams. So and I, the way they laughed at the end, to me, was a not oh isn't his excuse so hilarious, but rather isn't it hilarious that. Uh, the shitty boys team is better than all the girls teams because I mean, e- girls either way and sports, come on either way. The, the laughter, the amount of laughter, they laugh so hard and so long mar- at this markedly. Joke. And this is, I think this is probably the most sexist joke that we've had this entire, I think so uh, series. I, it it came out. I, mean, I don't even remember anything in the '90s that could be misstrewed as sexist as that. Yeah, that was. It was a a bracing end to the episode. Yeah. Um, in that sense, we don't. Uh, you know, we should not feel bad for any of the troubles that are occurring, and and if anything, like. What, um, I, you know, a part of me is always rooting for this villain. Sure. Well, and so as my... as with many of the villains, Doctor Gulliver's heart, I believe, was in the right place, but just you know, his idea was very yeah. stupid. But he's going to die. Yeah. So, Michael, if you had to wrap this episode up in. The first act. How would you do it? I would have... So, you, you, you know, you're getting ready to launch the rocket. An unauthorized aircraft enters the space around the launch. They should have just launched a missile at it and been done with it. Uh, yes. Um, that's a... It should be like a no-fly zone, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, there must be fighter jets nearby ready to shoot down anything that is going to violate the launch airspace. And so they shoot down the balloon. Um, it's a hot air balloon, so it hasn't come far. It should be pretty easy to find a suspicious-looking castle... So you shoot down the balloon, then you fly over to the castle, bomb that too, done. Episode over, and the, the Justice League can just hang out uh, 
watching the launch and ignoring Marvin and his stilt nonsense. Yeah. And that would have that would go on for about an hour. Oh yeah. I think so I'm conflicted because I think two things. One I I think Batman or Wonder Woman the fact that they were both caught so easily I might have changed that. Either Batman because I forget how was he caught he um um, Batman and Robin were investigating, and yeah. Oh so yeah, Batman they're they're Rob- in like the uh, like a flying bat contraption. Let's see, scrubbing through the episode here. Um, I think Batman and Robin. Yeah, they're they're in the Batcopter, and then they they get onto the the balloon, and it shrinks them. I think Batman and Robin should have, when they were in the inner workings of the of the thing, they should have sacrificed themselves. Yeah, like, I, like I, I'm sure they kind of messed with the machinery to cause a you know problem, but they are glorified chauffeurs. Um, once yeah. they were in that balloon, they should have. Just you know, rewired it in a way that it would have destroyed everything, and sacrificed themselves for the good of the yeah. Team. That's what a hero would have done. Yeah. Instead, uh, they allowed not. themselves to be ca- captured like a couple of cowards. He's essentially a a rideshare person, which yeah. is fine. Just it's a great profession, but it's not a superhero. It's and not. If he had sacrificed himself. And then the other way I would have done it is to make uh, Wonder Woman not... Which is funny because we already have Wonder Woman being flattered by a gift from a secret admirer so much that she can't think of anything else. Um, is Was already a historically sexist, you know, sexist yeah. part of this. To have that moment topped really... Uh, makes this a unforgettable episode. Yeah, it's it's really something. Uh, the only thing missing was Wendy cooking for everyone. Yeah. Uh, which, even that, there is a level of empowerment in that she's, you know, to, in control of cooking or she's doing something. This was simply <laughs> women failing at everything. Which is insane. Yeah. <coughs> so, Roger. So, if I had to, how, if I had to rate, yeah, how this, would you rate this? I, if I had to rate this one, I would say, honestly, I'm giving it two bricks out of seven uh, bricks of an English castle. Fair. Uh, it's it's close to the bottom. Uh, I was expecting a weird psychosexual horror movie from the from the um, title. Sure. Everyone is stupid. Uh, everyone gets caught. Uh, and it includes one of the most sexist uh, moments in the whole series. I can't I can't give it and there's no lessons. In fact, there's the opposite of science in it. So I can't give it uh, the lowest rating. But um, I'll, I I will give it two out of seven pieces of a English mansion being flown over overseas. Yeah, I so like you said. Uh, this is a, a hall of fame of misogynistic jokes in a children's cartoon episode, and Gulliver's plan is one of the dumber plans we, we've seen on this show. He can only shrink adults, so children are going to be stepping on their parents. Like, the the number of deaths, just accidental deaths at the hands of children, would be staggering. So that alone makes his plan very dumb. 
And yeah, the the ease with which he captures the super friends is also pretty disappointing. The fact that they pretend that Green Arrow's been here the whole time, which uh, is not the case. Uh, yeah, th- that all brings this episode down. So I'm going to give it. Thirteen mangled Siamese cats out of fifty-nine. Fifty-nine man. So the total is fifty-nine mangled Siamese cats. Yeah, but this only gets thirteen of them. Fair enough. So you know, not great. Not great. But, um, you know, we did learn uh, a lot about microwaves. And, right? and balloons. Are you still and there? Gi- oh, yeah. So what, is, what was his goof? Yeah, um, the, I, nothing seemed like a goof. Uh, presumably thousands of people died as a result of his shrinking all the adults. So I think calling it a goof is pretty insensitive, frankly. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, you know, I think that, uh, I, I, for one, am glad to get such a, honestly, it's a weird, sexually suggestive title out of the way, and we can essentially focus on more wholesome, you know, more creative titles for these uh, episodes that, you know, are not, are not suggestive in any way. Uh, so, Michael, I want to know what you think the next episode is going to be about. It's titled The Planet Splitter. So, the the picture associated with The Planet Splitter on IMDb shows Colonel Wilcox. So, I can only assume that after after 15 episodes of increasing humiliation... Uh, Colonel Wilcox has snapped and as such he's going to destroy the world with his enormous penis yeah Um, I think you're on the right track but I think uh, it's the planet's going to be split by Gulliver's gigantic goof aka Hiram oh you think it's a two parter Yes, I think he's coming back to fuck the world and split it in two with his enormous uh, schlong. Yeah, I mean, whew, it'll be exciting to find out which one of us is right. But till next wh- week, whichever one of us is right, everyone wins. Yeah, post in the post in the comments which penis you think is going to split the world in two. <laughs> till next week or next episode. This is the Normal Friends Podcast. Or was it?